Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're craving nerdy tunes, we've got you covered. Nerdy FM is the Nerdy Show Network's nerd music podcast hosted by me, Mark with a C. We feature the best in geek rock, nerdcore, comedy, VGM, and every genre in between. The biggest artists alongside awesome up-and-comers with rare tracks, exclusive live recordings, and a massive archive to keep you rocking the nerd world over. Tune in exclusively through the Nerdy Show Network. Lightning Dogs, the official podcast presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by The Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdishow.com. Lightning Dogs is conceived as an all-ages property, but these behind-the-scenes conversations are not all-ages. So listen at your own discretion, baby. Woo! Sometimes, a great idea is truly like a bolt of lightning. And sometimes, if you're lucky enough, you can capture the exact moment that it strikes. That's what happened for us one fateful night while recording an episode of Nerdy Show. We accidentally launched a concept that derailed the entire show and in no time, our lives. We couldn't stop talking about our favorite action figures and B-movies while twisting them into strange creatures, weird adventures, my personal favorite, dog puns. Lots of dog puns. This is the story of Lightning Dogs, a journey steeped in the glory of 80s and 90s animation where anthropomorphic dogs tear through the wasteland of a ruined earth battling mutants, miscreants, and the evil Glampire, coming soon to small screens, comic books, and podcasts. Or at least that's the goal. But how do you go from a crazy idea into a fully formed world of conflict and characters? How does a harebrained discussion become an animated series? That's what we're finding out firsthand. We've recorded the entire development of Lightning Dogs since day one, from the moment of conception to every world-building session and planning meeting. And the journey is still ongoing. Tune in as we create the world of the lightning dogs live! Welcome to the Lightning Dogs. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Tony. Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, it's Max. Yeah, we got Max back with us. It's always exciting when Max comes to us with a fresh roster of vehicle designs. But that excitement is multiplied exponentially when he's not only making our vehicular dreams come true, but unleashing a ton of amazing things we never knew we wanted. Seriously, this guy has already designed an entire series worth of vehicles, and they're all gems. We can only hope we have an opportunity to use even half of them. Though with as many good ideas pour out of this guy's head, we'll never, ever be able to keep up. In this episode, we're going to reference a ton of visuals. Though we'll be sure to keep things descriptive so we can maintain the integrity of this audio entertainment. 
But on this episode's page, you'll find links to all the awesome art we're referencing. In this episode, we're targeting the vehicles of the Peopleoids, the Frankencars, cobbled together out in the wasteland, like Halloween Jack's signature ride, the Jack Wagon, or the Ghoul Bus, the preferred mode of transport for the skeleton crew to roll up and terrorize Peopleoid populaces en masse. And that's just for starters. We're hauling a freight load of uncanny creations. All aboard. So, Max, what you got? I guess for context, everybody was really busy over the holidays, so I was just kind of doing whatever I felt like doing <laughs> between then and now. It seems like that's where some beautiful, beautiful ideas come from so for all of us. So a lot of disparate concepts got worked on, I guess. I have some things that uh, y'all haven't seen. Like We talked about that monocycle guy uh, a while back, mm-hmm. and uh, leading up to him... There was a couple of experiments at that, ranging from like a sort of like Wasteland Akira bike looking thing to some other stuff. I, I didn't know where those fit in. They were, we were sort of talking about like deployable mini bikes and stuff out the back of... I like the fifth one on this page just because it kind of looks like an RC car. At one point, we talked about the sort of like companion bike to the Honda City hatchback car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks a lot like that. It's like yeah, you know, it, just sort of a a very clear travel-sized fold-up thing. I also like this this one that looks like essentially what a Razor scooter would be if it had a... Uh... Like the dude just kind of dangling off of it yeah. with one foot. Yeah, like there's a... Uh, it's going to get tired really quick. In Fury Road, they had a, a sort of like trial-style dirt bike that was like that, where it was like... The frames are very minimalist with like a paddle tire on mm-hmm. the back. Like that's a sort of style of kind of very lightweight trick dirt bike, I guess. And uh, just trying to come up with a way to show that as a mono bike. Yeah, no, I really, I really dig that actually. Like, you know, we have the one sort of unicycle type yeah. monocycle that we'd been looking to. But since we want to have a kind of, you know, fleet of Hot dudes pod, on yeah. it, like this one where he's hanging off it like a scooter, like that's... That's a really clever design. I also love the one that has either a big knife or a big crystal sticking out the front of it to like ram somebody. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was just kind of novel places to put the engines and like, you know, little things like that, especially if you, you know, if the whole thing is kind of that wheel with a seat on top, like where do the the guts of it go? And like a lot of these, when you see stuff like this, will have a a smaller than you think it would require engine with like a pulley drive or something. So it was just like just little weird ways to kind of tie that stuff together. And for a second on the one with the guy dangling off of it, I, I saw you see that that's like a headlight on the front, which yeah. is pretty cool. But for a second, when I first saw it, I thought that was like a caster wheel in case he dips too far oh, sure. forward, <laughs> which which to me is funny, you know, <laughs> like like the, like you have this one wheel that's all power. Then it's like, well, in case I fuck up, there's just a little. And that's so wasteland to me where it's just like, well, that'll save me. You know, yeah, so it's like, like if I dip forward like that practical half assery that like yeah. it works fine. It just looks terrible and it just looks like no one thought it thought it through. But. It, it, it's just like the things you tack on to make mm. things a little better than they were. So yeah, we, we talked about ghoul buses and stuff, and there have been a number of designs about those. And Cap, you mentioned the idea of tactical trailers, I guess we'll call it, or, yeah. or situational trailers. Well, to catch everybody up, the ghoul bus is basically the riot wagon for Halloween Jack's crew. You pile a bunch of people in there, they can come out in force. It's an assault vehicle. It's a siege vehicle, probably, more likely. And Max cranked out several designs, including one that had a very small detail that I latched onto, you could say, (laughs) because it had a hitch. And I was thinking, oh my God, what a great vehicle accessory that I've never seen in an action figure line before. Maybe, maybe G.I. Joe did it, but I'm not sure. But what if you just tacked on a bunch of different kinds of trailers? Could be anything back there. Missile launchers, like prison wagons, any kind of thing. So funny you should mention all those things. Classic Speed Racer had an episode, uh, actually a, a multi-part episode called The Mammoth Car, where it was like basically a train that was a car. And he was racing across like the world or something against this stupid car that was actually made of gold, uh, the spoiler alert. And like, 
it was made of gold, and they were smuggling gold in this race with this huge train car, right? And it was just just all these connected like uh, it has to be an easier way sections, right? And it just well, it'd be so slow because it'd be so heavy. Like gold is so like anyway. But just kind of latching onto the idea of kind of situational trailers and uh, laughingly at Doug's caster wheel situation, uh, this I think has gone from being the ghoul bus to being the pain train. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the idea here is that you have wow. you have Holy this like shit. It, it's like an airstream in that it's like polished aluminum and yeah. whatever. And at the the sort of mid mark, they have a fifth wheel trailer. I like see these, what you're doing. I see what you're, yeah yeah yeah. And so like above it is in in fiction is like a, a sort of magnetic solenoid that like pops up and that's how you release the pieces. And then like on the toy line, you could have a sort of spring-loaded thing you pull up and push the pieces in and it snaps down and it's like its default state is like yep. pegged through the slot. You build your own paint. And you could just like bring them out as long as you wanted or have whatever you wanted in between. And then that back one's like a, a ball turret gunner like sort of cap for the end mm-hmm. um, to put on the back. And you could have whatever. I mean, those are just the first ones I came up with. And there's a jail car and like they all kind of have just one set of wheels per segment. Because it's supposed to link up. At this stage. And, and they could have more like to make them longer because I mean, the, most of the width defined there is, is taken up by the mechanisms in the front and the back but this is brilliant <laughs> like i don't so, you well, have to look at the because the, the idea that, that this thing could turn and you can see yeah, where it would turn have, like so it would, like each of this is a train hookup like I, between cars well, i'm looking at it and i'm, and I'm thinking have either seen the kind of later edition adventure time episode that's a train a dungeon train that like goes in a, in a continuous circle and you have to fight through all the cars that's a pretty great idea though it was a fantastic episode this isn't really mirroring it, but it makes me think this vehicle concept is worthy of something beyond the scope of the ghoul bus and what we were talking about. Oh, very much so. That's why it's the paint train. As I say, I I feel like it's kind of become its own sort of new thing, but it's, it's still pretty solid and And you could make it, you know, uh, you could always come out with that next batch of, whatever trailer you need you know i love the fucking face on the front of it so yeah. the other uh. thing too well that's the, that's the thing too it's so good max, so max this is so good there's this trend in japan of doing these really elaborate like bow tie shaped exhausts where it's like super pointless except that it shows off how much you spent on the fabrication because like instead of having like bent two sections of pipe what they'll do is they'll take little like one inch sections of titanium and they'll make the bends out of them by welding them like a million mm-hmm. times. Like they'll just weld all these little segments together to make these angles and stuff. And it looks great. And it's like super cool. But it's like serves no like practical function except that like I guess titanium is probably hard to mandrel bend or something. So that's probably why they're doing it that way. Mm-hmm. But it's just a style choice they seem to do over there. And it looks really neat because when you weld it, it gets those like heat war like the purples and whatever mm-hmm. in the heat. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they do them on the back. So you'll see like a Lexus GS, like a really high end like sedan that's just slammed. And then they'll have the bumper cut out and you'll see like the loop-de-loop exhaust coming out the back. And I'm convinced that exhaust mustaches are going to become a thing. Like, oh, absolutely. As soon as somebody does one, it's going to be a thing. And I've never seen it. So like I was just like, you know what? That's going to happen. So like this is basically that where it's like the exhaust comes out the front and does like a curly cue and comes up over the sides of the car. <laughs> so it's, it's effectively like an exhaust mustache. You know, it's got sort of window shaped chain link fence instead of actual glass. And so like that idea of um, chicken fence. Or yeah, chicken, chicken wire. wire or like actual chain link fence or something. I don't know, like just shaping parts like something, but using something completely stupid to do it. Like yep. when the Romans came to Gaul, the Celts would use their Stone Age technology to fabricate daggers that looked exactly like it down to the rivets. But they were just one solid piece of rock <laughs> that they had like, <laughs> oh, you know, man. and like just because they looked at these really cool tools and they would just make them out of the things that they could. And they looked accurate, you know, amazing. And, and so that idea of like using your materials to make it look like it should or whatever, but it's completely not that thing, you know, like yep. is, I, I find it interesting whenever it, it happens. So like that was just that idea of like kind of like, you know, glass is probably broken out. Done. Sense just and that just cut print put something up. Yeah. So 
Uh, this one's got a crane on it. There's a jail car and I hadn't gotten very far, you know, beyond that. But like the idea that you could just situationally come up with whatever made sense that time, like I think would be pretty good. But Modular mayhem. Yeah. The and then I had an idea for something called an underdog. I haven't drawn anything yet, but I feel like an underdog and an overdog would be a fun like tandem thing that I hadn't decided what that was. Is it a drill car? Is it like a sort of like car that drops out from underneath or whatever? But ah. first, my first instinct was the car that drops out from underneath and we could have the overdog being almost something like flies something that would stilts. Be cool. It was stilts, yeah, or something that flies. I don't know. I hadn't decided yet. I just toying with the idea of a, of a tandem thing that was like, a two-part underdog and overdog because you know I've never, ooh, the, the term overdog is not a thing but like well, you know the the underdog could be just essentially a low riding a low riding vehicle and yeah. then the the overdog would be I, I almost picture it like a glider that pops out of the back that is still tethered to the underdog I feel like underdog needs to be a really low riding vehicle that's like super loaded like super flat super low yeah. to the ground I've, meant, like I've, I've meant, seen a thing that's almost person shaped like a rack that you steer right. meant right? to go under a vehicle in motion like well, like yeah. in the Fast and the Furious when they yeah, take those yeah. little cars under a semi that kind of thing where it's like look the lightning dogs they got their Brutus it's out on, on in the desert Halloween Jack's like we, we got this this is the underdog it's gonna get right up under it and we're gonna cut a hole right inside and then just mayhem from the inside like when they don't even know it yeah Maybe that should come out the back of the Brutus and be the underdog, like Fido. Fido. And then we don't have an overdog. Because that's a classic conceit of the like mm-hmm. the sort of like Robin go-kart that comes out the bat cycle or the yeah. like the ship that flies off the top of the Silverhawks thing or whatever. Like that idea of the detachable thing, like I think it makes perfect sense to have it come off the back of that as a bit of a runabout. Brutus being a vehicle that has an auxiliary vehicle. That just it feels so right. Yeah, it super does. It could park and then you kind of scout about and, and whatever. And you could have even led the sort of sound wave, you know, paradigm where you've got one that's on the ground and one that kind of limited flight or something. Even you could do that kind of thing. It so. makes sense to have in the realm of the overdog a tethered kite kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah like, that, uh, that's like tailspin was... style. I mean, the, a tethered kite may as well just be like a drone, you know, that you would send out. True. You know, that could, dude, a, a drone is just an overdog. That's but, just like, I mean, send out the overdog. Of, and it in, just terms of, in terms of recon, we had discussed, what was it? What was the name we gave that? With The, the Frisbees the, thing, yeah, right? The, it was yeah, the Frisbee the, idea? Yeah, the like three the, Frisbees. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because we were talking about that and then um, Allegiant, we went and saw the other week and they've got those like floating discs that they can send out, you know, with their headsets mm. to like look around for them Mother and everything. It's a fucker. I mean, there's no new ideas. It's like, you just got to make them cooler than the last time you saw uh, it. Also, you know? Well, it's not going to be hard Alle- to be better than Allegiant. In Allegiant, yeah. they didn't catch them in their mouths. No. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, science fact. <laughs> that's going to have to happen where it's just like they send out drones to survey like, oh, can we find any crystals or like do whatever. Yeah. And uh, of course, like while it's still out, they're they're out for several hours. And they're they're at camp, and then it's like vampires minions show up, and it's like we gotta back up, go go go, and like but wait, we don't have the drones back yet. It's like screw the drones, we're gonna die. It's like but one of them may have found something, so they have to start driving. It's like the drones gonna have to catch us, and then you can't stop the Brutus, so someone's gonna have to climb out on top of the Brutus, and this drone is like running out of battery, like and it's like uh, uh, you lean forward and catch it in the mouth. <laughs> well, I mean, what we have to remember about these characters is that like if we had snouts, we'd use our teeth more. I mean, I use my teeth to hold things anyway. You know, if I had more of a mouth, in so far as a protrusion, probably do it more often. It's their third hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys want to do that on the sort of like character equipment side, if they're that small. I feel like accessories are probably the way to go Yeah. with those. As far as how they'd fit into the plot, I mean, we <laughs> like any good television show, we could make the action figure shit fit into the plot. Yeah, somehow, for sure. But... And I think like to me, I've been thinking of the, the Brutus having in the back a sort of five axis machine or what amounts to a like a super advanced 3D printer, right? Where you can just situationally create accessories like that. Well, I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of be cautious about that because though it makes sense with their level of technology, we want the dogs to be forced to have to build from Improvise. what they have around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do the classic we're running out of materials or whatever, right? Where they need some special 
or that you can only find rarely, like the Thundranium or whatever you yeah. used to see on Thundercats, you know? Or the fact that their investigations into the world of the Masters goes a bit deeper than most. I mean, because most people are just scavengers. Mm-hmm. But the Lightning Dogs, based on the level of their equipment and their dedication to a cause that's, really, you know, survival, but also stuff in addition to survival, they might be able to find things in, let's say, facilities and so on that would have been off limits or that people wouldn't have even looked for beyond their understanding yeah, it's still broken true. down still that needs you know need repair but because none of these freaks know anything about master technology maybe yeah, only yeah. glampire but they would definitely know because they come from a planet where they grew up on master technology so they could recognize a piece of machine be like do you know what this is and goblins like, i don't know what to do it's like well no this thing like this thing is a is a is a, it's a manga. machine you know this it's is, like this is a manga well, yeah have, whatever have you guys ever read uh, ridley walker i'm sure yeah. yeah god love that story so good it's super interesting as an idea punishing to read but conceptually interesting but uh that idea that like they have all these like um little rhymes and stuff about how to make gunpowder you know and like no one actually knows what they mean and then like somebody figures it out you know at the end and that changes everything for everybody like i've always liked that idea of like oh yeah we just got this bomb on a shelf and no one knows what it is like how dangerous that thing is you know like the city of megaton the unexploded munitions or whatever like you know you could find weird stuff around and like what is i need that it's like making coffee or yeah, something or like, or somewhere. You like know? A, a loading thing, like from Alien, but they're just worshiping it like a statue because it's yeah. you know it's man shaped in place, and yeah. like you know there's a tree growing in it. Yeah. So you pull the tree out and you you step in there and you're and the, you know the atomic energy still works and bam. Another thing that we've talked about a lot in, in email that haven't I don't know we've we've reached too much on on the show is what we're calling at least temporarily or perhaps forever the, uh, the Jack wagons, Halloween Jacks, Roadster vehicles, and I don't know. I, what more there's to say other than there's been some amazing, amazing variations on it. And I think we're closer at a final version, right? Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that was really funny that came up was uh, DC announced all those Hanna-Barbera reboots and the, uh, the Turbo Terrific from Wacky Raceland is very conceptually similar in that it's a sort of Edwardian era race car the, instead of the drag racer. Like in the original Wacky Races, that car was a, a sort of like George Barris customs with a K, long swoopy dragster with little wheels in the front and, mm. and whatever. And in, in this new reboot that the Fury Road art director did, or some artist from Fury Road, I don't know if it's the art director or not. But, uh, um, I, I believe it. it's the art director. It's whatever the, yeah. the most high-powered artist in the Fury Road team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's somebody, somebody deep in the Fury Road design pipeline is doing it. And he basically took the same idea we did. Like, we put this up and we're like, yeah, that's the one. Like, And then two weeks later, they put out that publicity still that basically had this thing, you know, like on it. And But ours is cooler. Theirs is lame, I think. Um, <laughs> For a number of reasons, but I think ours is more intricate and it just seems neater. But I was just like, this always happens to me. Like, I'll design something and I'll get scooped on it because I don't do anything with it. You well, know? Like, we got to put that mustache thing out in the world to be yeah, like, here, here it is. The minute that mustache thing hits, somebody's going to do it if they haven't already. And like, it's going to be a thing, like for a minute at least. So anyway, yeah, we settled on this one and it's got a lot of neat features that uh, I think we have the opportunity to make use of that I don't know that that wacky race land is going to like with the sort of shifter that's outside the car that you kind of mm-hmm. do. And, you know, ours has a lot of cool like handholds. But I mean, there's down to the twin engine in the front exhaust that runs on the side, like all that stuff. But we've got the exo cage on ours, and like ours is also powered by crystals. Yeah, so. and the, the Oni camera and I mean, the tilted wheels. They're you know. different enough, but it's just it was just really funny that I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I started looking up, like I found out what those are called. That type of car, like I, it's like been a big blind spot in my kind of car acumen, I guess. For a Which long time. says and, a lot considering how much about cars you know. Well, I mean, I got into it at a certain point in in like real time timeline, and just from there move forward with it. Never really dug too far back, you know. But like all those pre war like Grand Prix cars pre-world war ii right before uh 
the world kind of fell apart in that way is interesting because I mean, Audi had a car that was doing close to 200 miles an hour in the thirties. Like, <laughs> right. Wow. And like, you know what I wow. mean? It's like ridiculous. And you look at that thing and it's on these skinny tires and it's got like a V10 that's like making a thousand foot pounds of torque. And like, it looks awesome, but it's like, that's a death machine. It, it's like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> why weren't people would dying get... left and right in that car? Like, but like, what what well, happened? I'm pretty like, sure it would only drive on what the sand flats. No, no, no. They had like, well, I think at the time the Nurburgring and the Autobahn were a little bit more, you know, sparsely it, it populated. Well, well, they were well maintained. Like, you know, the Nurburgring is probably that old, and it's like a crap track now, but it's still the sort of benchmark for how fast your car is. Because it's like an eight-mile track, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, one lap is like eight miles. It's ridiculous. Seven minutes is a fast lap, you know? Kind of thing still to this day. (laughs) So, like, them and Mercedes were going back and forth right before World War II broke out with those top-speed records. And, like, so I started looking into those cars. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f***? are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And over in, in England around this time, they have this thing called the Goodwood Festival, which is like just some minor lord over there owns property. And since forever, he's been doing this like, you know, he calls it the revival. And he has all these nostalgic cars come out and actually race. And these guys go hard. Like, I mean, it's like crashing, jumping over each other. Like, I mean, these, these are like priceless 100-year-old cars. And they're just getting busy like they stole them. You know what I mean? And it's just like, <laughs> wow, like what must that be like to be like in that space? To be that person. So I started like looking into them and like they're all like one-off coach built. Like it's impossible to know by sight which one is which really because like yours might be completely different than mine and they're the same model, right? Hmm. Like, and, and so like you look at them and you're like, this one looks amazing. Like there's one that has like a stormtrooper face for a grill, like <laughs> just arbitrarily. It just like has like these really aggressive cutouts and like the single light in the center and like all the stuff we thought we were being so you know asymmetrical and like edgy you know like <laughs> dudes were doing this stuff in france in like 1910 or whatever like it's so funny which just goes to show that style is cyclical and it's time for this shit to come back well and that's the thing i think we got to get on it because i think it is coming back like i mean if you've got fury road art directors dipping into that same pool it's funny how the sort of cultural zeitgeist of people who are into that stuff find the same reference and mm. like they they're like oh yeah this is what i'm into right now and and so I find that I think that's why that happens to me so often is that people of, of a like disposition will find the same stuff cool. And you just whoever gets there first is the one that gets there first, you know. So that's why I get movies like what was it? Deep Impact and oh, Armageddon yeah, yeah, yeah. in the same goddamn year. I had a vehicle concept that came to me the other day that isn't mine, but it's within Nerdy Show. There was outline for a script. It's a project that I really need to get off my ass and do that was Triforce Mike and Brandon got together and wrote a thing called King Arthur versus Dracula. Okay. Why haven't we seen that yet? Why hasn't that been a thing by now? Well, I don't know. Mike and Brandon came up with it several years ago <laughs> at this point, like m- many years ago, handed me the outline and said, do something with this. And I was very busy. And I said, that sounds awesome. But and then moved on. However, it opens with a 
helicopter with laser blades. Yeah, okay. And I haven't ever seen it before. Yeah. And then I was watching the season finale of Star Wars Rebels, and the Inquisitors were all using their spinny dual-blade lightsabers as helicopters. And I was like, oh, shit. We got to have a laser blade helicopter and and lightning dogs. Like, that has to happen. Yeah. Tron kind of psyched you out with that at the end when he lands on the roof of the building in that helicopter. Like, you see that helicopter coming, and they've got strips of of glow material on it, and the blades are doing it, too. And then Mm. you think that he's still in the grid, and then he lands, and it's just like, oh, that's just their helicopter with the, like, cop vinyl on it or whatever. But, like, it's not really like a laser blade, you know? But, like, it's got that look about it. That's a thing we could do. I don't know whose helicopter that is, but... I mean, it's got to be a Clampire thing, right? Because we haven't really even touched on flying things. Like, we've kind of been purposefully not doing them. For Maybe the one of the yeah. robots. Yeah. It's true, yeah. So, I mean, there's all this other stuff out there in the world, right? Like, there's the robots and the cats and the, you know, Queen Lich and whatever she's got going on. Like, I mean, there's all that, like, incidental stuff that we just kind of haven't really gotten into. I want to know who owns the pain train. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Train? I don't think Colleen Jack has anything to do. So with here's that. what I think about the pain train, right? Like, I mean, we we've kind of talked about Captain Scrap a little bit, and to me, the pain train, as envisioned on that page, if that's just sort of like as is ready to go, that thing is a very finished product for this world, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that to me, somebody found that thing and its accessories and is kind of keeping it alive. You know, so to me, that's like. I can see that as a scrap vehicle. That's a collector who's got that thing and is kind of still using it, I think. Well, I think it might be someone who's like scrap, but... But on the land as opposed to in the ocean? Right, yeah. In the Zahn novels, like the Star Wars books, you've got that that guy that Han Solo likes, you know, that that wants to get the fleet, the the Katana fleet, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. so long, yeah. Yeah, he's sort of keeping alive all this weird old tech because no one's really, like, trying to get him too bad. He's got his, like, one destroyer that he's still flying around in, you know, and, like, it's hmm. fine because nobody else is doing it, but if anyone really <laughs> wanted to get after him, they could take it from him. It could be like that, where you've got this one, like, well-to-do bastion of, like, they don't really mess with him because he doesn't really matter out there in the yep. wilderness, but, like, in his all he's Because all he's, he's doing right. is grabbing up well, bullshit that nobody else cares it about. It could also really. be, you mentioned the speed racer thing and it was made out of gold. I mean, what if it's some kind of like run? The pain train is the only thing that can make a certain kind of oh, like sure. materials run. Oh yeah, that's true. Like that's a thing you sometimes see where you have these really specialized desert crossing things. I like that conceit whenever you like come to some weird place in the world and you have to like no, and, oh, this, take this... the castle that digs itself under the sand and goes to the other side of the desert or whatever like the yeah. weird like thing you get on is what amounts to the raft, you know? Yeah. The idea of this guy being a little bit more ostentatious, a little bit more well-to-do also ties in beautifully with the mustache muffler. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's a thing. Like that's such a bizarre... <laughs> Yeah, this, this is a guy who'd be one of Glampire's barons. Like we've talked about yeah. how he needs. No, we yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. Scrap, if Captain Scrap is literally the guy who goes out into the ocean and reports anything that he can find, who's the guy that goes into the wasteland and goes through the the cities? That like, isn't... like the pain train is something that would like cross those grand vistas for hundreds and hundreds of miles on the horizon, looking for like a broken down city, and it's like. Oh, there's a city up there. Let's let's go five degrees to the left. We'll make yeah, it there by correct, sundown. Yeah, five degrees. And then yeah, and then as you're going through, you'll have the people. If there's an army of people that live inside it, or a handful of people, they'll like stand on the top with hooks. And it's like, oh, there's some scrap. Hold on. Whoop, whoop, scoop it up, and then just you know keep it, on going. It, it's non-stop. like a like a hunter caravan, like out and out like out on safari, right? Yeah. Well, and what's really cool too, if you think about it, is early on we talked about that idea of the sort of mobile scrapyard, where like it would pull up to something and pull it onto the back and just pull all its parts apart and stuff. Yeah. But like if you had this idea of this, like the game centipede that you spend on your phone when you'd eat something, you would get one exactly. second longer. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. every time they find some place, they kind of <laughs> consume it and make a new, a a new car, a, a a new new car for it. themselves. And it's like that could just be some like 
monster of the week villain even who's just going around the wasteland that they just stumble across this and thing whenever just, you get imagine they're getting into like a huge metropolis that's that's been eaten out you know and it's all old and stuff and then this giant train just goes through and it takes yeah. like an hour to get out of sight so like you're they're waiting at this thing like how long is this thing and it just goes and <laughs> so goes like and goes. any time that you see a train cross and you're sitting there stuck in traffic going like jeez like, yeah except except this one's like I mean, it, legit it, like it can really even long. be like its own like robotic thing right like it could be its own entity it didn't even have to be driven by anybody if you think about oh, it. But like, I it could it just be, be driving the wasteland like a centipede, mm-hmm. consuming in the front, and, like making a new car, and then just boom, like in something like that. If it sees the lightning dog vehicles, right? Like oh, it probably man. wants one. You well, know what I mean? Like that, that. What we have here is two great ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, the, the thing, like just just the visual of it. So you write whatever you want around that. But I could you could think of so many ways to make a thing that just gets bigger as it. I, I, I would err on the side of making it not artificially intelligent and completely autonomous because the chance to do a train fight on the roof of this thing yeah, is, yeah. Too, is much too great to and not and, to mention and the, the infiltration through the cars yeah, you know yeah. well, and, and really a big though, fat guy with a big bushy beard <laughs> so check this out say they come across this like culture of people who are doing this right this could be how the cars get wastelanded right like so they get one and it, it maybe one of them happens out of sequence but they get dingo's car right and like mm-hmm. they start pulling shit off of it now it's like missing the engine cowl and it's missing all this other stuff. And it's like almost all the way apart before they get it back, you know? And they're like, oh, my car, it's ruined, bro. And like, then they look around and they're like, no, it's not. You know what I mean? Like, then you kind of make use of those facilities to kind of bring it back to life or whatever. Like, I could see that being the plot point for going from pristine to post, you know? Like, that could be the turning point, you know, where one of the cars ends up like that or something. Like, yeah. if, you, if you have a system like that, it doesn't have to be like Grandpa took it from them, for instance. It could be like this other unrelated thing happened. And it's like, oh, man, my thing is broke. But no, it's not. I'll just make it better. Man, that's that's great. I love the paint train. Yeah. Get on board. <laughs> yeah, the paint train's pretty dope. And so like choo, I, choo, I think motherfucker. We've got a number of ghoul buses around and I think we like pieces of a bunch of them. Uh, I don't know that we like one of them and uh, we can zero I, I like, that. Well, the one we like the best like all the of a sudden of... became the pain train, so I know. That's <laughs> well, I, I, I like the shovel sort of headed one cuz imagining a ghoul bus crashing like, into yeah, a building. Cr- well, crashing into a building and then the front opening. And then just you spill them out inside, like, uh, so it's like SDF one style. Yeah, it's just like this is the type of like the 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 type of landing on the beaches of Normandy. Boom! Open the hatch, dump them out. <laughs> I'm not as into the shovel nose ones as you guys are. I like more the deco nose ones. That that too, just something that looks like a hammer that'll just burst through. But what's funny is we weren't actually looking for you know a siege vehicle. We that wasn't really what we were going for. But then we saw that that anvil nose thing, and we're like, wow, that would be cool. We could separate them, you know, like that doesn't need to be the ghoul bus. That could be somebody else's thing. Because really, that thing you described, Doug, with, with it smashing through the walls and then like peeling open, that maybe sounds too awesome for Halloween Jack to have. Maybe. So I think it, the, the dynamic of Halloween Jack, while it's not been kind of my thing to define that, I, I like the idea of him being a craftsman who is very high quality work with very low um, resources, more like low technology, right? Like a guy who would build choppers. Versus a guy who like designs sport bikes for Suzuki. They're different, right? This guy's a very high level of fit and finish and craftsmanship using old school tools and stuff. So like he's making those mustache exhausts like personally, right? Like to me, like this is what I'm thinking of. Mm. And he's like, this is a good idea. This looks cool. And I'm going to, I'm going to put all these beautiful welds in there. Cause that's what I do. But it's made of the scrap he has. Cause he's not got like the metallurgy to make his own stuff. He's not got the sort of engineering base to do it. So he's like a cottage engineer, like. In England, they have all these, you know, shed supercars like that. They, mm-hmm. These guys in a, in a garage just make all these like super fast things, but out of whatever they can do, you know, like I like that idea of these things that are like beautifully crafted out of just garbage, you know, or like mm-hmm. just, just whatever junk. 
So like to me, the ones with the Rams on the front, you could totally A-team that where it's like, oh, today we need that Ram. Let's just have vehicle accessories where we clip it on, right? Like the G.I. Joe helmets pack, you could have these vehicle like kind of clip over situations, yeah. right? Where it's like today we need that. So like this one at the top is like very French to me. This feels like an old Renault joint, you know, with the like the three hole. Uh, yeah, that couldn't, like, that couldn't really ram anything. Yeah, but that. it wasn't really intended to be necessarily a ram. Like right. like at some level, I wanted to preserve the busness of some of these, you know, right, where it was right. more about this is a cargo thing full of stuff. So a lot of them look like old prison buses with the sort of like slit windows and whatever. But like if they're for ramming stuff, then that you just kind of do different things to the front, really. But the kind of overall shape of it. Like the open top, I think, is kind of a Wastelander thing to me. They all seem like they're in kind of roadsters and like fair weather vehicles a lot. So I like the open top. But also this one in the front with the, shark the, face painted on it. Yeah, like, with the crystals coming out the grill. It was kind of the origins of the mustache in a way. Mm-hmm. With the forward controls where the cab hangs over the front wheels real far, like all that stuff is like, that's neat to me with uh, trucks when that stuff is like that. It's just different, you know. To me, this one I like the most. And I like that like... one as well. I guess I was I was so drawn to the style of those siege things, but you're, but I think contextually we do need to give Jack, like the ghoul bus needs to be something, not a siege vehicle yeah. like that. But it's a great premise for a siege vehicle, so we should figure out whose vehicle that is. Yeah, the battleship one was cool too, but that's just like over the top, you know? Like, I think. <laughs> And just while I'm thinking about it, I'll tag this on. I like that description you had for a character, somebody who is a master craftsman with limited material. I don't see that for Jack. I see that for the whoever it is who constructs these vehicles, and that's something yeah, for, say, for us to discuss. It's either him or it's his like guy. Like That's my guy that does that, right? Like, yeah, and I, I see him as just, that's what he does. It's not even that he's making this for anybody. He just has to make it. We've all met art types like that who they have to be doing something with their hands. Yeah, He's doing it for the craft. Yeah, it, it's very outsider art, I think. Like the, yeah. the idea that these vehicles and what they do and are made of and look like and stuff. So that's kind of the aesthetic I've been trying to preserve. So you guys want to lock up the ghoul bus? Pick one of those and zero it in? Let's lock up the ghoul bus and say a few things of underdog slash Fido. For me personally, I like the art deco sort of thing. Yeah. But if we change the front so it's less of a siege vehicle and more of like just transporting a group of people, yeah. then that might actually make it feel more like an actual school bus. I mean, we keep saying school bus, school bus, but we're talking about everything but a school bus. Because it has multiple windows. Like, right. It's got Let's that. Go ahead. Just look at the magic school bus. Put Miss Frizzle skeleton on the front of one of them. And we'll go from there. And an iguana skeleton to go with her or whatever that was. Damn Skippy. The paint train one kind of had the silhouette of that in the front, but mm. it didn't have the actual, like it wasn't the same ram, right? But it had that kind of starting point where it kind of came over with like a nose and curled back underneath. And it had that same kind of shape to it, even though it wasn't really that construct. We can tone that down a little bit too and have a sort of like good cow pusher on the front. If this guy here, the, the middle one with the, the crystals coming out the grill that we've been referencing so much with, with the hitch, yeah. if it had some kind of windows on the sides, whether they be like slit or covered in mesh, like a prison bus or something like that. If it had that and then it's covered in some huge fucking carnival graffiti design or something, you know, that's a ghoul bus. Think about like the original Turtles party wagon and how it came with like stickers that were basically graffiti. I haven't really been doing like a lot of side decoration, but the idea is always that these things will have some of those or whatever. I, I figured, man, what a great session. I can't, the paint train is just like, ooh. It's so good. Ooh, it's so good. I want to make the guy who lives in it now. We got to figure that guy out. We got to figure out what his deal is. All I know, he's got a mustache and a monocle. 
That's, that's what I got so far. Yeah, he's either like a fancy lad or he's like like a pirate captain on the land or something. I don't know. Yeah, we've already I, got it. We've I think I, we've got I our think, pirate quota. Fancy, fancy lad's sort of the way to go. Texas oil tycoon. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. That's you know, kind boss of boss hog. He needs the, he's the boss and like he can whip your shit, but he does have an army of people doing the jobs. It's like, come on, Stoke those fires. We gotta get this thing going on time. We gotta make it to yeah, the East like, Coast. He's like know? the railroad tycoon. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like the, yeah. I think that's railroad that's tycoon mixed with a little bit of kingpin. Yeah, that's probably the way to go. Well, let's start there at least. I think I yeah, think this is one of this is one of those ideas where we really need to throw as much as we can against the wall and see which one sticks. The mustache is already stuck. Well, obviously he's got a mustache on his vehicle. I'm unless of course unless of course we give the mustache to some other vehicle, but I do like it for the pain train quite a bit. It's it's too good. It's too good on the pain train to remove that mustache. He's gotta be like a Colonel Sanders looking dude, you know. That's I'm I'm telling you. Handlebars all the way. Yeah. But a little bit of muscle candy from Django. <laughs> that kind of like Wants to be a what, civilized what, guy, know, but doesn't know anything about the culture that he's copying. Yeah, what yeah, we're yeah. what we're settling on is essentially a plantation owner yeah. of yeah. some sort. Yeah, yeah, that's where you're at. A plantation owner. What? Is, hey, hey! I had something come to me, and I just checked it to make sure it wasn't a thing already. Apparently, it's not. What do you guys think about the name Snakebeard? Snakebeard. I'm down. Yeah. So that seems shocking. That's not also a thing. If it is, then we'll you know put the kibosh on it. But but it, at first glance, the closest thing we got to a snake beard is you know the dude from Pirates, and and them's his octopuses. So different. Yep. Yep. <laughs> is he a snake person or does he have snakes for we'll beards? Well, that we'll, we'll it, figure out. He doesn't out. need to even be either. So much as if he has things dangling from his chin that move. Or something? Because I was picturing actual hair, but they don't know the name for a mustache, so they call it a snake beard. That might be overly we'll complicated. You have to figure it out. I knew some dudes in high school that would call it a front side hair cape. <laughs> you know, when someone had a big beard, because they were just like super burned out rollerblade kids, you know, and like so they're all front side, back side, like terminology for everything. So they would call it, if you had long hair, it was a hair cape, and they'd call it a front side hair cape. If it was like, I was like, it was just like, it was so like bizarre enough to stick, you know, that I just remember wow. this, this ridiculous thing, but nobody gets it because it was like this super in, like in joke high school thing. This is what happens when we stop caring about words. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we just start to abuse them. No, man, that's a subculture thing, you know, like that's fantastic. Hair cape, front side hair cape. Front side hair cape. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I, just, I feel the old man in me wanting to yell at the kid calling it that to get off my lawn. You, you, yeah, you are an old man. That, that's good, clean American fun right there. Anyway, right. thanks for listening to this episode of Lightning Dogs. <laughs> Hashtag howl noise. In our next episode, we're returning to the draw streams and finalizing another character design. In this case, what? Hold on, I lost myself for a second there. <clears throat> In our next episode, we're returning to the draw streams and finalizing another character design. In this case, everyone's favorite archaeologist slimeball, Kane Corso. You know, we're not the only ones who can get in on the action of doing Lightning Dogs art. Particularly, you know, like fan art, which is basically the raddest thing of all time, can also be submitted to us, and we've got some new stuff pertinent to this episode. Simon Newell did a bunch of really cool designs on Halloween Jack long before we'd ferned up a look for him, and now he's written in with his take on the official version. He says, It's been forever and a day since I sent you something. Halloween Jack is the coolest of cats. While I really enjoy drawing the punk rock version, I like the rockabilly one as well. You can find his rendition of Jack on our episode page or at lightningdogs.com in the fan art gallery. And I'll tell you what, if you want to see the pain train chugging across the wasteland as bad as we do, please invest in the dream. We can only scavenge so much. 
Supporting Lightning Dogs on Patreon is the best way to ensure that we're able to keep paying Max for vehicle designs, or have the finances to invest in additional concept artists, and, yes, pay for industry professionals like Gargoyles and Young Justice's Greg Wiseman to look over our pitch and advise us on what comes next. Even a dollar makes a huge difference, and I know a couple of you guys have buried some bones in the backyard. Come on. Head over to patreon.com slash lightning dogs and become a member of the pack where you can reap rewards like early releases, including all of our drawstream videos, which are currently available to patrons, digital copies of the lightning dog sketchbook, even an exclusive podcast, the wasteland drive-in where we watch movies that inspire our canine crusade. In fact, Scott John Harrison, a loyal member of the pack recently wrote in and said this, watching the drawstreams made me want to donate more to you. $20 is going to Nerdy Show via two Patreon pledges a month. $10 to the network and $10 to Lightning Dogs. I'm looking forward to listening to the archive of Wasteland Drive-Ins, but only after watching the movies first. Not required, Scott. Trust me. But a bold choice. I mean, really, we're all just here to watch Bill Paxton play as many different awesome roles as we can. He's the patron saint of Lightning Dogs inspiration. And seriously, thanks for investing in us. It means the world. If money isn't an option, we totally get it there's free ways to support us too. You can rate and review us on iTunes or Podchaser. It's a great way to make sure that other people who love podcasts have the chance to be seduced by our animated antics. We've also got flyers and posters you can print out and put in your favorite local nerdy hangouts. Be a member of the Lightning Dog Street Team. Just follow the link on lightningdogs.com. And if all else fails, just grab people by the shirt and say, Have you heard this? Oh, and one final announcement before we close out. Bark your calendars. We have booked our first convention of 2018. March 17th and the 18th, we will be in Raleigh for North Carolina Comic Con Oak City, where we'll be in good company with a man near and dear to us all, Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. More details to come. Here's hoping that you can come hang out with us at an awesome springtime con. Don't go chasing your tail. We'll be back in a flash with another episode of Lightning Dogs, the official podcast. to revisit King Arthur versus Dracula. It's, I've, been, I've been meaning to do something. It's a great. It's a great it's, premise. It needs a punch of your name, but I think like I. It's like it's such a, a strong idea. I just can't imagine why it's not already a thing. You know. Well, it, I think it, it was Dracula versus King Arthur, Immortal Enemies. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.